Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Troy Walker. This story was recorded live on January 16th, 2019. The theme of the evening was Habit. How's it going, guys? So, I guess I'll start by saying that um, I, like, my, my, one of my main characteristics uh, is being self-hating. Like most comedians, I uh, hate myself. Uh, I'm criticizing myself right now. I'm like, double denim? What the fuck am I thinking about? <laughs> what the fuck do I think I am? Prison Dennis the Menace? The fuck am I doing? So it's like always like a thing in my head, but so I was thinking like, what better way to talk about habit than to talk about the habit that I hate the most about myself? (laughs) And that is procrastination and winging it. Uh, It's a thing I do all the time. I don't know why, it never turns out well. It's never turned out well once. And it's weird, it's kind of ironic because as someone who's kind of self-hating, it doesn't make sense. I have this insane confidence in myself to just pull off important shit out of my ass crazy last minute, and I've always been like that. Like, I think it started in high school, and that's not to say that I did well in high school. I did not. I graduated. I had a 1.9. I went to Denver South High, 1.9, right? And it wasn't because I was dumb. I just really wanted to play Mario Kart. That was just significantly more important <laughs> than doing work. So for me, high school was like five weeks of fucking around and then like one like a one week scramble to just do as much makeup work as I could to get like a D minus and then I'd be proud of this shit like I'd be like yeah fucking still passed <laughs> like, I'd be like, this is the dumbest shit in the world it never turned out well it was the, like it, but it would I would actually be like proud of it I'd be like oh yeah still passed pretty good at this shit and all it cost me was three days of staying up straight just chugging Vibrin and Coca-Cola just like washing down like caffeine pills with Coca-Cola. Like people, I've never even tried marijuana. People ask me if I do drugs. I tell them I stopped in high school. <laughs> like I used to do so much caffeine. Like I'd be like, oh yeah, my heart doesn't beat correctly anymore, but at least I don't have to repeat Spanish. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. So that was always the thing. And it never turned out well. It's never turned out well once like, even, like, after all of that, like, I would be proud of it. And I, like, you know, I went to college. I Don't you fucking judge. I went to college. <laughs> I went to Metro. Thank You know, that island. I, yeah. Hell yeah. Some other members of the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> they just, like, they'll take. I remember I went into the admissions thing. And the guy looked at my transcript, said 1.9. He looked at my test scores. And he looked at his watch and was like, yeah, you're in. <laughs> I swear to God. So <laughs> Metro, but Metro was like my only option. I basically could go to community college or I could go to Metro. And it's not that I didn't try other places. I applied to CSU. And not only did CSU say no, they forwarded my application to CSU Pueblo. <laughs> and CSU Pueblo was like, hell yeah, come on down. We'll teach you to hunt groundhogs. Come on, let's fucking... Get your fucking ditch digging certificate. <laughs> Come on down. So it's never turned out well. It's never turned out well at all. 
Uh, which brings me to my two stories, because this is a thing that even though I know it never turns out well, it's still, it's still a thing I do. I just do it all the time. I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's still like affecting my life. So I have two stories, uh, one about how it's affected me personally recently, and one about uh, how it's affected me professionally in Los Angeles, because I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> so the first one's a personal one. So I'm not like, I'm not like a good dater that's like a weird sentence to say, but I'm really bad at it. Uh, it's like, you know, a main theme in my life, along with Mario Kart. Uh, so I'm not good at it. But recently, I went on a date, and uh, I had all day. I'm a comedian. I have nothing to fucking do all day, right? This girl was like working. She was like out making money. <laughs> and I'm like sitting around fucking around. And I knew I needed to get a haircut, right? I had hours and hours and hours to get a fucking haircut. And I went super last minute. So last minute that I got out of the barber chair and I had to go straight to the date, basically. So I did not have time. I had, to, had enough time to go home and change, but not enough time to like shower and stuff, right? So I go on the date and the date goes well. At the end of the date, we're hanging out in her apartment and we're making out on her sofa. And uh, she's like running her hands through my hair. She's like running her hands through my hair and I'm having a great time having a really, really good time. It's, you know, we're both having a good time, joking around. When the light from the TV hits her porcelain skin, because it's Colorado, so she's white. Uh, <laughs> so the light from the TV hits her face, and I notice that all of the loose hair, as she's running her hands through my hair, all the loose hair in my haircut is just falling all over her face. It's, it's everywhere. It's covering her like a blanket. It's, there's so much hair. And she doesn't know because, you know, we were making out, so she's got her eyes closed because I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so it's not in, like, her eyes or her mouth. So she, she has no idea that she's just carpeted with hair. It's, it's fucking, it's on her forehead. It's on her eyelids. It's underneath her eyes. And it's, like, all on her cheeks and shit. And I'm looking like this. She looked like basic Chewbacca. Like, it looked like I had just gone to a barber shop and just scraped all of the clippings into a pile and then just bukkakied her with it. Like, it was everywhere. And she has no clue. And I'm sitting there going, like, if that hair gets in her eyes, this is going to go bad, and it's cold outside. So, <laughs> so I start trying to casually brush the hair off her face, like, real, w without ruining the mood. So I'm just like, oh, God, you're so beautiful. Oh. But, you know, in like a very classic way. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, shh, just be in the moment. She's like, what the fuck? And so I ended up just having to tell her. And luckily, she was kind of cool about it. But needless to say, it made things weird. Um, <laughs> so that's personal life story, procrastination. Uh, professional life story. Uh, in LA, because again, I'm an asshole, that's where I got this jacket. Uh, <laughs> in LA, sometimes you have to go on auditions as a comedian, but like, they'll send you on auditions that you have no business going on. But usually what they do with those auditions is they'll just like call in everybody that looks like you, which for me means they just call in all of the reasonably aged, non-threatening black dudes into a room, and so you go into a room, and it's just like everybody that looks like you, so it's just like a whole bunch of like 
various forms of Urkel like reading out like reading out loud to themselves like in the waiting room there's just like a chair of people that look like you like reading out it's like a fucking glitch in the matrix <laughs> but what they'll do for that though is they won't like it won't be like shit that you seem right for right so like I had one one time it's you know it's LA so a lot of times for the black roles it's real stereotypically like bad shit so I had one one time where <laughs> I had to play a gang member slash drug dealer. <laughs> Naturally. Because what else would I be? Uh, who the police, who was currently incarcerated. And, then, and in the scene, the police have brought him out of his cell into an interrogation room so that they can tell him that his baby mama named Tamika, because of course it is, <laughs> and infant son have recently been gunned down in street violence. And, you know, I'm there to sell out, so I want it real bad. I want it so bad. Like, I can't. I'm like, oh, God, please, please let me be this. So, but the thing is, so he starts off like he has to start off all angry and shit. So it's like, I told you we ain't fucking talking. Like, they're like, they're like we want to talk about Tamika. And he's got to be like, I told, we ain't talking about Tamika. Like, fucking real ridiculous, right? And I'm a good actor, so I do it just like that. And uh, <laughs> it's real, you know, it's menacing. And... Um, but the thing is, is like after the, eventually they get him like settled down and they tell him what happens and he has to cry. And uh, you know, I can't, I can't do that. So <laughs> I was coaching it, I was coaching it and my, uh, my acting coach, she literally goes, uh, she goes, can you cry on cue? And I'm like, there's no way I'm that emotionally available. <laughs> so she's like, so here's what you should do. You should use a tear stick. And if you don't know what a tear stick is, basically Hollywood has been lying to you more than you had any idea. Most of those people cannot actually cry on cue. Dead inside, like sharks, <laughs> dead eyes. Cannot, act, they feel nothing. There's no, they can't do it. So they use this thing called a tear stick, which is, looks like lipstick, but it's clear. And you put it under your eyes, and it's like onions times 10. Like instant Oscar winner. If you do it right. I did it fucking wrong. Because my, my, my acting coach goes, yeah, you just take a little of this and you put it on the top of one of your pages. And then at the right moment, you take a little of that, you find a reason to go, you know, like this. And then you go, oh, no, that's Tamika, right? And then you wait a few seconds and it'll make you cry and it'll, it'll work, right? Now, that seems like a thing you would, I don't know, practice before you had to do it. <laughs> you know? Just get the fucking lay of the land a little bit, maybe. Not this guy. Not this fucking guy. I'll be fine. That's what I was like, oh yeah, that seems easy. I'll do that. That how could what could go wrong? <laughs> what could ever go wrong? How could I ever get all of the steps of that incorrect, right? So I go to this audition and I walk in and I like, you know, I sit and I look at all the other black dudes that look like me. And uh, and I finally go in the room. And uh, I'm doing the audition or whatever, and I'm getting real into it. I'm all mad. I'm like, nah, man, fuck that. We ain't talking about Tamika, right? It's real good. I'm real good. So, <laughs> so then, like, it comes to the point where you have to cry, and I, like, go and I take it. Like, basically, like I said, I did it wrong. I used too much. I put it too close to my eyes. And I did it way too late. So I did it. But I still had to fake cry. 
because it's not hitting me. I'm like, in the, it's not hitting me. So I'm just going like, oh, shit, Tamika? No. No, and in my head I'm going, where the fuck are the tears? No, not Tamika, goddamn. You sure? Ah. It's bad, it's real bad. And the casting lady's looking at me like, okay. And I'm like, ah. And my baby too, ah, fuck. And she's like, all right, well, thanks for coming in. Get the fuck out. And that's when I started crying. <laughs> and I had to walk back past all of the other non-threatening black dudes reading out loud in the, in the fucking waiting room, sob, like tears running down my face. I open the door, I'm sobbing. They're like, what the fuck just happened in there? Did this dude just kill this shit or did she touch him or some shit? And I'm like, walk, go back by him and I'm like waiting for the elevator, like hitting the button as fast as I can, just weeping at the fucking elevator. Everybody was standing there like looking like, ooh. As this grown man just cries at an elevator. <laughs> and it lasts like a while. It doesn't go away super fast. So I'm like crying in the elevator. Other people like, doors open. They're like, I'll take the next one. <laughs> so just weeping in there. And I'm like crying. I'm like, get in my car. I'm like, what the fuck still? I'm like driving home, crying in my car, which is the best metaphor for what it is to live in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's my, those are my stories. Thank you very much, guys. Keep it going for Troy Walker. The Narrators was created by Andrew Orvidal and is produced by me, Ron Doyle, Sidney Crane, and Aaron Rollman. Support from Scott Carney, Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, and Robert Rutherford. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theater Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hep Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank TikTok, who provided the music you're listening to right now, and fans just like you who attend our live monthly shows, which take place every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. For more information about our storytellers or the narrators, visit thenarrators.org and find, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you.